Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. It takes a lot of hard work and guts to make it in Detroit, and no one knows that better than Carhartt. Since 1889, Carhartt's been making the toughest, most trusted gear for anyone who outworks them. Because from field to farm and all sites in between, Carhartt's got your back for whatever lies ahead. Hey, this is Jackson Job, and the Road to Detroit podcast starts now. Here's your host, Dan Hasty. Allow us to introduce you to a new project. There's something that's happened this year that we haven't seen in the Tigers minor league system since we've started this podcast. Allow us to introduce you to the PRP. And you might be asking, okay, what's the PRP? The PRP is short for the Prospect Resuscitation project where we find players who in a lot of ways were forgotten by many Tigers fans, by many followers of the minor league system left out to dry. So to speak players that collectively were moved on from and assumed that they were no longer prospect level material. Say what you will. And I know that the Tigers are undergoing a massive change at the top of the organization as they search for a general manager, but there have been interesting and unusual stories in terms of taking players who had a big-time prospect profile and resuscitating their value and bringing them back into a place where we can collectively reconsider them as prospects. There are a couple of big-time examples of this. There's one player who was sitting outside of the Tigers' top 30 prospects. He initially was ranked very high. Then to some people, he was dropped all the way out of the top 30. There's another player who was a top 10 Tigers prospect and then fell out of the top 30 completely. But he and this other player are back not only into the top 30, but into the top 20 Tigers prospects. Are you yelling to the air right now? Do you know who we're talking about? Well, one of them, if you guess Parker Meadows, you would be correct. Because Parker Meadows this season has hit 50 points higher between his high A and double A level than he hit last year playing at the low and high A level. It's hard enough to keep your batting average the same. 
But to increase it even marginally is a big step forward. But to increase those numbers 50 points makes you look like a totally different player altogether. This year, Parker Meadows is going to hit 20 home runs in minor league baseball. He's hit 260, and that comes on the heels of hitting just 210 combined last year. This is what we're talking about. This is an example of prospect resuscitation. There was a lot of people who had moved on from Parker Meadows as a significant Tigers prospect. And if you're looking for evidence that there are tangible success stories within this current group within Tigers player development, he's probably one of the biggest wins for player development there is. He's figured out how to hit for a respectable batting average. He's figured out how to tap into more of that power. He already has as many home runs this season as he hit in his first three professional seasons combined. And he's stealing bases more effectively. Also, perhaps another reminder why it's more prudent to take high school players with those premium draft assets. Because something like this can happen. You don't want to say the light bulb comes on because I think the light bulb has always been on with a kid like Parker. I just think he needed the right people around him who focused on the right details. This has always been in his range of outcomes. We just never saw it. He's a huge example. You want to know the other biggest example? Wenzel Perez. Wenzel Perez at one point was a Tigers top 10 prospect. He actually came to West Michigan towards the end of the 2018 season, and he hit 309 in the final 16 games of the year. That really raised the expectations, got people really excited about what he could be, and then it turned into a struggle. 2019, he hit just 233. 2021, he hit 245. Nothing really to write home about. He was dynamic. He was doubles and triples and stolen bases. When he was at those lowest levels of the minor leagues, you got to go all the way back to 2017 and the very beginning of 2018. But then he got up to full season ball, and for whatever reason, things didn't click. And you could make the argument that he needed different voices and he needed people who paid attention to the right details to help him. Again, a case of a player who was extremely young when he came into full season ball, just 18 years old, And what else? He's also 22 years old. Went to West Michigan, hit 286, had a bunch of extra base power. 27 extra base hits in just 55 games. That got people's attention. But you know what else did too? The numbers have gotten better in AA. This is the Parker Meadows situation, but on a smaller scale. The difference is Perez was hitting 286 when he left West Michigan. Now he's hitting over 300 in double A. The numbers have not changed. If anything, he's become a more valuable offensive player since going to double A. Is he a perfect player? No. Are any of these players perfect players? No. But if we're talking about a 22-year-old, we're still talking about somebody with so much ahead of them professionally. And that's why you stick with guys like Parker Meadows. That's why you stick with guys like Wenzel Perez. Because eventually, whether it's the physical maturation, the mental maturation, paying attention to the right details, you never know what it will be 
that get these guys to click, that gets these guys to pop. Even just this year alone, Kerry Carpenter took his play to an unseen level, and he's not the only one in the system who's done that. I don't know if Bo Brisky probably should have pitched in the major leagues as quickly as he did, but he held his own, didn't he? Austin Bergner's had a nice year in the minor leagues. He's putting things together. So the point we're making is that we're all of a sudden finding cases of taking the players within your system already and maximizing that potential. And if you continue to develop players in the quantity that the Tigers have started to produce, you're going to have a greatly improved farm system. Here's the thing. you got to do it every year. This didn't happen enough leading up to this point. We're being honest with you. It didn't happen enough in 2021. It didn't happen enough in 2019. That's part of the reason that not only are the Tigers looking for a new general manager, it's also part of the reason why there's been an overhaul within player development. And now this year, you're starting to find names and numbers that you can tangibly point to and say, you know what? Maybe they've got something here. Welcome in. It's the Road to Detroit podcast presented by Carhartt. I'm Dan Hasty. Our producer is Nate Wangler. Coming up on this show, we're going to hear from Emily Walden. And it is so exciting to know that Emily Walden will be joining us. She actually visited the broadcast booth in West Michigan this past week. She writes for The Athletic and Baseball America. If you've ever had the Baseball America Prospect Handbook and you go look at the Tigers' top 30 prospects, well, that's Emily who writes the Detroit Tigers portion of that book every single year. And Emily will be joining us to go over what her year has been like, because we all know if you've paid any attention to what's gone on with Emily Walden in 2022, that her year has actually seen prospects take a back seat, has seen baseball take a back seat. She has been in a fight against breast cancer, and it has had its ups and downs. We check in with Emily. We check in to see how she's doing physically. And then we find out a little bit about not just players in the Tigers system, but also some of the players that she got a chance to see over the weekend in West Michigan. In West Michigan, the top two prospects in both the Detroit Tigers and Chicago Cubs farm systems, both Jackson Job and Jace Young in West Michigan, and Pete Crow Armstrong and Brennan Davis, the top two prospects in the Cubs system, were all at West Michigan over the course of this week. Emily got a chance to come see them on Sunday. What were some of her takeaways? What did she see? And how exactly is she keeping track of everything going on in the prospect world with the time she does have to dedicate to that? We talked to Emily about that. We find out what her journey has been like, and we find out about a very unique 2022. That's coming up here on the road to Detroit. We have also been asked to plant our flags. And on this episode, for the first time, and maybe the only time, we will do our inaugural segment of My Guys. Now, what is My Guys? Well, suffice it to say, Nate Wangler and I are going to put our reputations on the line. Nate and I are both going to pick a future big leaguer sitting in the Tiger system that we don't talk about. That's not somebody who's a top 30 prospect right now. 
We'll do our first edition of My Guys coming up in just a little bit. We'll also name this week's Best in Class. And before we get started and take a look at everything that happened over the past week in the Tigers minor league system, I want to give you an opportunity to collect what could be a very valuable prize in the years ahead. If you go to the Road to Detroit Twitter account at Road to Detroit right now, you can enter to win an autographed Jackson Job baseball. He even prefaced it with the round he was taken in last year. Jackson Job was helping the Road to Detroit, and here's how you can enter to win. Go to the Road to Detroit Twitter account, at Road to Detroit. Find the tweet to enter for the Jackson Job autographed baseball, and here's all you got to do. Go to your podcast page, the same one that you went to in order to listen to this show. Leave a five-star rating and take a screenshot. Take that screenshot and send it as a reply to the Road to Detroit tweet. That will enter you for a Jackson Job autographed baseball. So, rate the show five stars, take a screenshot, reply to their tweet, and you are entered to win a Jackson Job autographed baseball. Let's do the on-ramp. Let's start with Low A Lakeland. They had a really nice week. They won five out of seven on the road of all places against Fort Myers. And I think it might be worth keeping an eye on a young man who was taken fairly high in the draft this year. Sixth round pick Danny Soretti. We're big fans of Dan's around here. He was picked out of North Carolina. He was a Tar Heel. And this week alone, seven for 16, three doubles, a home run, four runs batted in. And so far this year, he's got a walk-to-strikeout ratio of 14-6. to He's got more than double the amount of walks as he has strikeouts. He's part of the Raisin Lakeland, won five out of seven games this past week. We were talking about guys who are not currently in the Tigers' top 30. If he finishes the season like this, he will be in the top 30s going into 2023. Roberto Campos, well, he doesn't have to worry about being a Tigers top 30 prospect or not being because he's already in the top 10. Number eight, this week he was seven for 23, three doubles and a pair of runs batted in. Meanwhile, Peyton Graham started to catch up to speed at the low A level. He was red hot this week. Eight for 17, a double and two runs batted in. It's fun to see these guys start to figure things out down the stretch. And the fact that he's doing it in low A is a good sign. He is being challenged. Low A is a league that has many of his age-level contemporaries. Some teams are a little bit younger even, but now Graham is starting to do those things that I think the Tigers were hoping when they drafted him. But you know what I love more so than the fact that he started to warm up at the plate? I love that he's played 17 games, and he's already got seven stolen bases. This guy isn't just a fast baseball player. This guy's a base stealer. And stealing bases in and of itself is a lost art form in baseball. I'm really happy to see what Peyton Graham has done over the past week. Let's go to High A West Michigan. The Whitecaps split a six-game set against the South Bend Cubs. That's a really strong team. The Chicago Cubs have done a great job with their High A affiliate. They're in first place in the second half, and they've had a dynamite year. Jace Young. The Tigers' number two prospect and one of two members ranked inside MLB Pipeline's top 100 prospects. He finished 6-for-20 against South Penn, including the biggest swing he's had as a pro. Here's Jace Young. 
He smashes one, high and deep to right. Jace Young put him on the board, his first professional home run. In his 19th game in the pros, Jace Young circles the bases for the first time. That home run came on Saturday for West Michigan. While he wasn't hitting home runs, it was Jackson Job who was stealing the show. He's been impressive. The one, two. How about your first strikeout in the Midwest League? Jackson Job, Kevin Made, and back to back strikeouts for Jackson Job. Jackson Job's 0 2. PCA, have a seat. You know, I give a lot of credit to Jackson Job. Just 20 years old, hasn't pitched in front of only just a handful of people. You think about his high school days, he was a shortstop for a good bit of that time. And then he pitched about 50 innings towards the end of his last season. Then he went to Lakeland, where he didn't pitch in front of a whole bunch of people. And he goes from pitching in front of those super small crowds to pitching in front of the biggest crowd West Michigan has had in four years. There were more than 8,500 in attendance to watch Jackson Job and the Whitecaps end up taking down the South Bend Cubs by a score of 3-1. to one. Job ended up posting five innings while allowing just one run and collecting three strikeouts in his high-A debut. He held Cubs' top prospect, Pete Crow Armstrong, and number two prospect, Brennan Davis, who was the MVP of the Futures game last year. That's the same game that Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green were playing in. Brennan Davis was the MVP, and it was Jackson Job that held him as well as Pete Crow Armstrong to a combined 0 for 5 at the plate. Meanwhile, Isaac Pacheco, another Tigers top 10 prospect. He went 3 for 16 at the plate with a double and two runs batted in. Also got a chance to see him play shortstop for the first time. Actually played pretty well. Excited to see what he looks like as a defender and if that bat continues to come into place next year. Whatever he does this year is kind of gravy. And he got off to that big start. So, Good to see what Pacheco has done defensively, and he's got two more weeks to finish offensively on a high note. Let's go to double-A Erie. The Seawolves won four out of six on the road at Harrisburg. They're now tied with the Bowie Bay Sox for first place in the Eastern League Southwest Division second-half title race. Time Adden coming off one of his best starts as a double-A Erie Seawolf. When five innings, his latest appearance gave up just one run and struck out five on Friday. Meanwhile, Dane Myers, somebody that we've really enjoyed over the course of this podcast. Dane Myers acquired in the sixth round back in 2017 out of Rice, finished the week eight for 26, three doubles, plus home runs in three straight games. He had six runs batted in. And Wilmer Flores, he's the Tigers' number three prospect. Some say he's a top 100 prospect in baseball. We believe those people. He was signed as a non-drafted free agent back in 2020. That was the year that only had the five-round MLB draft. He gave up four runs through six innings, walked one, struck out five. It's nice to think that a down start for Wilmer Flores still involves him going six innings and giving up four runs. Still gave his team a chance to win. It just wasn't as good as some of the other games he's pitched. Meanwhile, Parker Meadows, the first back-to-back winner of best-in-class On this road to Detroit, he ended up going for a double, a 440-foot home run, and a couple of RBIs this week 
against the Senators. Came back down to earth just a tiny bit, but he's still hitting 50 points higher than he has been at any point over the last season in minor league baseball. So congratulations to Parker Meadows. To AAA Toledo, the Mud Hens won four out of six at home against Louisville, and Spencer Torkelson slowly working to get back on track. And the 0-2 hit high in the air, deep to right center. Yeah. This ball is going back, and it is gone. Spencer Torkelson on an 0-2 pitch drives it on here. The Mudhens take the lead, 3-2. You just heard a home run. What you didn't hear was a walk-off RBI single on his 23rd birthday. So happy belated to Spencer Torkelson as he continues to work his way back into becoming that number one overall pick that started the season in Detroit. So happy belated to Spencer Torkelson. Fun to watch him recalibrate. Who knows? Maybe a trip to Detroit before the end of the season could be in store. That's a look at AAA Toledo, and that's a look at the on-ramp. We got a chance to catch up with Emily Walden of The Athletic and Baseball America. That conversation starts right now here on the road to Detroit, presented by Carhartt. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We bring in one of the best prospect writers in the game itself, Emily Walden of The Athletic, been gracious enough to join us, and we're just so excited to have her back at the ballpark. Emily, good to see you in more ways than one. It's so great to have you here. Thank you so much. It's so good to be back here and with everybody and enjoying baseball in West Michigan. So I want to get into the prospect stuff in a minute, but first of all, most importantly, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Yeah, these days definitely better than I was. Um, it's been a been a heck of a year this year. Um, battling cancer, obviously, been the biggest battle I've faced so far. Um, but the support system has been incredible, especially from the baseball community. And then, obviously, the West Michigan community, too, has just really stepped up and been absolutely amazing this year. So give us an update. Where are you in terms of your breast cancer treatment? What's the latest for you? Yeah, so through the chemo portion, through the surgery portion, have some radiation coming up. Um, that'll be the last big hurdle that I have to face. Uh, got the good news on my pathology report that I am clear. They were able to get everything through that procedure, and now just a matter of doing the maintenance to make sure it doesn't come back. That's phenomenal, and just some of the best news I think we could have ever heard of in terms of your fight. So congratulations, first of all. And Thank you. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for all of us as well. I mean, I know it's been a hard year for you. What have you missed most about not being at the ballpark as much this year? The atmosphere. I think we can all agree, especially here in West Michigan, the crowd is just absolutely phenomenal year after year. Uh, you get a chance to just feel the excitement, the energy of the ballpark, and it just does wonders for everybody. So what does that mean? So in terms of radiation, I mean, how does your schedule, obviously you're feeling well enough to be here, which is a great sign. Does that continue to expand more? You don't have a whole lot of season left, but I'm sure you're kind of chomping at the bit to get back out there. Oh, absolutely. And it's it's really an ebb and flow. Um, there's days, obviously, where I'm not my best, and then days where I'm able to get out and 
just experience things a little bit more. And thankfully, like you said, today was one of those days. But it's just really a matter of listening to my body and making sure I don't push too hard. Smart. So have you been continuing to write through this process as well? How much work have you been doing? Yeah, it's been a little bit more low-key. I've tried to stay active to the best of my ability, but uh, trying to stay, stay active as well and keep some material coming. Well, it's only fitting that you come back when both teams have their Major League Club's top two prospects. So I feel like if we've got you and we're lucky enough to get you, we need to address that situation because not every day you see a team, even just one team, with their Major League Club's top two players. So you get a chance to see four top 100 prospects in baseball. Be honest. Is that why you're really here today? You know, I, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't part of the poll. <laughs> So give me a little rundown on what you've noticed from, I guess we can start with the Whitecaps players, Jackson Job, who made his debut last night, and Jace Young, who hit his first pro homer last night. I think the biggest thing that always pulls me is how mature these guys are. You see so many of them who are still quite young. They haven't had the same exposure as others at this level of baseball. And a lot of people forget this is high A. This isn't the low A market it used to be. So a lot more challenging um, hitters, a lot more challenging pitching. And to watch the way these guys adjust is really, really impressive to me. What'd you take away from Jackson Job's performance yesterday? Just solid. I know it's a bit of a cliche term, but that's what the expectation was, and he absolutely came through. He's the type of guy that I think will shoulder a lot of the pressure on someone of his prospect status, and that speaks volumes about where he's headed moving into the future. He certainly doesn't talk like a 20-year-old kid. He has a, He's very well-spoken for his age, and the Cavs have gotten pretty young over the last couple of weeks, whether it be Jace Young, who's still on the younger side, and Jackson Job and Isaac Pacheco. So you think about the fact that they're getting so much younger. Usually that doesn't lend itself to good results because guys are busy figuring out the league. And just now, as we're getting into the home stretch of the season, Jace Young, that OBP starting to come up. And Jackson Job, I think that's the big outlier because Isaac Pacheco got off to his hot start. But Job, that's typically a very difficult transition anytime you jump any level of the minor leagues but especially when you're going from a place like Lakeland where you're throwing in front of so few people to throwing in front of 8,500 people like we had last night. Absolutely and you'll hear from the majority of the players where they talk about the impact of these West Michigan crowds some of the best attendants throughout the organization. Talking to Emily Walden of The Athletic so if you're gonna scale up and I don't know how soon that'll happen hopefully sooner than later but what kind of stuff have you been working on the last couple of weeks, months, and what are you putting together going forward? Yeah, so I signed on to do another copy of the Baseball America Prospect Handbook for 2023, right. which is always exciting. Um, have a few different articles in the works, as well as the organization report, which we put out every month. And then a special for our Women in Baseball feature, which actually, to, uh, to appeal to the Tigers fan base, a member of the Tigers team, so we'll get a chance to hear more of her story and hear what she's all about. This right here is the Baseball America Prospect Handbook, and this has Emily's work in it. You rank the top 30 prospects in the Tigers system, and I know that you also do an update at midseason. Any big movers up the list for you? Um... I would say as of right now, nobody too drastic. That's actually something I'm starting to put together right now. So obviously doing a lot of research, um, figuring out which ones have been the most um, impact makers, if you will, so far. So still some research ahead, but uh, yeah, it's exciting to see how this organization is continuing to develop. We've seen some talented young position players here this year, and in some ways, even more impressive than last year, which says a lot because guys like Torkelson and Dingler were here, but 
whether it's Pacheco, and we still want to see how he finishes the year, but he's hit for a competitive batting average. But Cole Keith was outstanding as well. Kind of amazed me that he doesn't get more attention in terms of the list. I know he got hurt, but what an outstanding run he had. And you got a chance to see some of what Cole Keith did. What did you take away before he got hurt? I think really the athleticism. That's a big, big thing for me. Just seeing how effortless his abilities are. You don't see him have to work too hard. Um, it's just something that naturally flows for him, and that's always a big key factor in watching what these guys are developing into. When's the last time you've been to a ball game? May. Is that right? That was the last time, yes. And it's, it's just something that's so good for the soul, just being here with this crowd, obviously the excitement of the game and being here in person. As we all know, it's, it's definitely something that everybody needs to come out to. How do you keep up on following prospects, following minor league teams when you're not able to be at the ballpark? It's an art form, I tell you. It's an art form. It takes a, a lot of research, a lot of text messages with scouts, a lot of phone calls to sort of keep up on, on the, the terms of things. And definitely it's been challenging this year, but trying to stay on, ta on tabs with everything as best I can. And it's, it's been fun to watch, even from a distance. So the last time you were at a ball game was in May, and I want to say, was that Pink Out the Park night in Detroit? It was, yes, it was. Incredible night that the uh, the Detroit Tigers put on. So humbled to be a part of it, just the way that they honored so many different women, those going through the fight, and obviously those who uh, weren't as fortunate. Emily Walden joining us here. We'll keep her for just a couple more minutes. I want to hear what else you have working and if there's anything that people like us can do to, if nothing else, help recognize people like yourself, the fights that you're going through and the fights that so many other people are also going through. I know that when they had Pink Out the Park Night, some of the Tigers and their coaches or players were putting your name on signs, but how can we make sure that we're taking care of so many different people battling so many similar fights? Yeah, I would say just educating yourself is really the big thing. Um, it helps you realize different ways that you can offer forms of support to people. And because of that, it gives you a chance to just have a better understanding of what it's like to go through that journey. There's so many who have come before me that some were able to pull through, some not so much. But we still get a chance to honor their legacy and honor the effort that they put in to raise awareness for this disease. So I'm very fortunate myself to be able to shed some light on it and try to offer as much support as I can to the other women I know. Well, somebody that has been telling everyone else's stories for so long, now with an opportunity to give a very important one of her own. Emily Walden, find her on Twitter at Emily C. Walden. Find her work at The Athletic, Baseball America, and a number of other different sites. Emily Walden, thank you so much for joining us. Always appreciate you coming in here. It never gets old seeing you, especially considering all the challenges that you've gone through here in 2022. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Yeah, thank you so much, my friend. Always a pleasure. It's now time for best in class. Of all the players in the Tigers minor league system, this week, this one made the most noise. 0-2 on Myers. Dane swings and sends one the other way. Deep to right field. Rodriguez going back. He's at the track. He's at the wall. And that ball is gone. Touch of all time, Dane Myers. Since when did a pitcher start hitting home runs? What has happened? to Dane Myers. Now at 22 home runs this season in 103 games, he's got 66 runs batted in. 
Dane Myers has become another one of these stories. And what did we begin this show talking about? The PRP. Well, Dane Myers is very much a participant in the prospect resuscitation project. He was a Tigers top 30 prospect, but he was a prospect as a pitcher. Now he's trying to reinvent himself. And he has not only done so in a way that has made him a solid minor league player as a position player, as an outfielder, but he has turned into one of the better hitters on a team that's full of them. Dane Myers is one of the offensive catalysts for a first-place Erie Seawolves team. So far this year, he's got 18 stolen bases as well. I remember talking to him couple of years ago during his 2016 campaign in West Michigan. And he mentioned privately, and I don't think we're telling any secrets at this point in time, but this was back when he was a pitcher. And he said to me, he said, Hey, look, I know that they drafted me as a pitcher, but I really love swinging the bat. I love to play defense. I love to hit. I'm going to give this pitching thing a shot, but if it doesn't work out, I want to be a position player. And the way he said it, just believed that not only did he think that he could do it, but that he would do it successfully. He can play all over. He's played first base, third base, corner outfield spots. He's turned himself into a very interesting player to keep an eye on. We talked about guys who were not top 30 prospects. Well, Dane Myers fell out of that top 30. He might deserve some more recognition as potentially one of these guys who has figured it out over the course of his minor league season. Now, he just didn't have the sample coming into this year, but finally, now with a full season and getting a chance to play every single day, all I think Dane would probably tell you he wants to do now is to improve his walk rate. He's got just 17 walks in 103 games and 114 strikeouts, so he's got to find a way to at least, if nothing else, bring up the walks, but The better he starts seeing pitches, the more home runs he will find himself hitting. But he's hit 275 this year. Congratulations. I'm so excited that we can talk about a former pitcher now hitting the baseball for a living and doing it as well as anybody in the Tiger system. Dane Myers is this week's best in class. Nate Wangler, who is getting this week's Rosa? That award belongs to Ty Madden, and it really comes down to the fact that his last two starts have been some of his best starts and doing it all at the AA level. I know we've talked about this. It's always amazing to see certain players get called up to AA, which in my opinion is the hardest level, and yet their numbers get better, and that case has certainly been with Ty Madden. Over his last two starts, 11 innings, he's only allowed one run over that stretch, 11 strikeouts over that span for Ty Madden, and the best part yet, just two walks. And I think more importantly, he is keeping the ball in the ballpark. He has given up a handful of home runs since going up to double A, but the contact is less and less against Ty. I've been really impressed with him. He's this week's Rosa award winner. Yeah. You know, guys just don't seem to barrel up baseballs. Now, every once in a while they do, and it's had a tendency to leave the ballpark. But this year, he has held opponents to a batting average of 212, and he has been able to induce weak contact more often than not. And look, we talk about home runs, right? Well, if Ty Madden is playing in a place like Houston or a place like Colorado, Cincinnati, Yankee Stadium, then yeah, maybe we can be maybe we should be a little more concerned about home run numbers. But you know, he's headed to Comerica Park. And at some point 
you just lean into the fact that it's harder to hit home runs in that place. And you know what? Maybe stylistically, Comerica Park will end up being the perfect match for somebody like Ty Madden. Another case of somebody whose numbers have slowly gotten better, at least in some ways, as he's gone from high A to double A. And that's not easy because he's gone from a pitcher-friendly park to a very hitter-friendly ballpark at the double A level. But he shaved a half a run off his ERA. He's at 257 after his four games at the double-A level. So congratulations to Dane Myers and Ty Madden, this week's Best in Class and Rosa Award winner here on the RTD. All right, it's now time for the first ever installment of My Guy because there's nothing you could say to tear me away from My Guy. There's nothing you could do because we're stuck like Lou to My Guy. Nate's sticking to his guy like a stamp to a letter, like the birds of a feather. We stick together. He's telling you from the start, he can't be torn apart from my guy. So here's how it works. We take a player who is currently not ranked in the Tigers' top 30 prospects, and we plant our flag. We say that this player, even though he's not a top 30 guy right now, will play Major League Baseball. Here are the lists we're using. We're using Baseball America, and we're using MLB Pipeline. If you're on either of those lists, you are ineligible. So Nate Wangler, he's holding a clipboard. He's got a floppy hat and sunglasses. He has been scouting very hard all day long, trying to come up with the one player he believes is his guy. Hey, Nate, who's your guy? Who's your guy for my guys? You know, before the days of Jackson Job and this magical 3,000 RPM slider that we all like to talk about. There was someone else in the Tiger system who actually had the most dominant slider, and it wasn't even close, Brendan White. And when you look at the month of August that he's had as a reliever in AA Erie, you might see why those numbers might translate up the chain sooner rather than later. 12 and two-thirds for Brendan White at AA in the month of August. One run given up, four walks, 13 strikeouts, not only that, an opponent's batting average of 125 and a whip of 071. Now, I know that's a lot of numbers to digest, but let me just give you his overall season numbers. For Brendan White this year, 63 strikeouts and 57 innings pitched, an 095 whip and a sub-3 ERA. He's electric from the right side, and you can never go wrong with a dominant reliever. I don't know if we give him enough attention on this show sometimes, but today, my guy is Brendan White. Did you say a 0.95 walks plus hits per inning? That is correct. That might be one of the lowest numbers in the entire system this year. Brendan White was like Jackson Job before Jackson Job came along. You were talking about Jackson as well, and we've already talked about him on this show. He's holding a He's holding opponents to just 38 base hits in 57 innings. And oh, by the way, and I think this is super important, he's throwing high leverage innings. He's protecting leads late. He's a closer in double A, and he's only 23 years old. How does this guy not get more attention as a potential Tigers top 30 prospect? He's got eight saves on the year for Erie. That's a team that's in first place. They're trying to make a playoff push. And the most important outs in their game, the most important situations that Gabe Alvarez, the manager in Erie, has on a nightly basis, one of his first thoughts is, how can I bring Brendan White into this situation? I love that call. That's a great call. He's somebody we got a chance to see in West Michigan, and he's taken another step forward this year. 
And sometimes it's hard to rate relievers, specifically in prospect rankings, because you only see them in short intervals. But the numbers that he's put up this season so far are undeniable. Are you sticking? Is this your final answer? Is Brendan White your guy? (laughs) Yes. All right. So Nate has claimed his guy is Brendan White. So it's so funny. I had an idea for who I wanted originally to be my guy, but then I noticed that we decided to name him this week's best in class. Dane (laughs) Myers ended up originally being the person I wanted to end up calling my guy, but we already called him this week's best in class. You understand the backstory. I think there's still some story left to tell with Dane Myers. So we will put a pin in that and circle back to see what the rest of his season looks like. But I have somebody that's been on my mind because as a matter of opinion, I think he's tops. My opinion is he's the cream of the crop. As a matter of taste, to be exact, he's my ideal as a matter of fact. That's Gage Workman. He's still just 22 years old. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago. We actually entered this season with Gage Workman as a Tigers top prospect. He was not at the back end of a top 30. He was, to some people, a top 10 Tigers prospect. And because of the year he's had this year, he has been taken all the way out of both the Baseball America and MLB Pipeline top 30 Tigers prospects. He was picked in the fourth round, same school as Spencer Torkelson, Arizona State back in that shortened draft 2020. And to me, first of all, I don't think that it deserved to be all the way out of the top 30 Tigers prospects. But when you hit 225 and your on-base percentage is well below 300, I understand how that can happen. Now, what did we start talking about on this show at the very beginning this week? We talked about the PRP, the Prospect Resuscitation Project. Prospect and project, those two words sound a lot alike. So this is where you lean in to what player development has done this year, and you make a calculated bet that they will be able to pull something off similarly next season. And even this season, even despite all the struggles for Gage Workman, your differences aren't that big from last year. He's hitting 20 points less. His on-base percentage is 40 points down. But in 110 games, he's got 45 extra base hits, including 11 homers, 61 runs batted in, and 29 stolen bases. Look, there's a reason that Gage Workman was a fourth-round draft pick. And during the time that we got a chance to see him, we saw extremely loud tools. The home runs we saw him hit were not wall scrapers. They were absolute tanks. We saw him play Very good defense, major league caliber defense, a strong enough throwing arm, good enough range, and also the ability to run the bases and to be an asset. He hasn't even played two full minor league seasons, and he's already accumulated 60 stolen bases. And you know what? He's also the same age as Parker Meadows, Wenzel Perez. Brendan White is a year older, the guy Nate was just talking about. I would not be surprised in the slightest if we were talking about some type of resurgence, or I guess in this case, resuscitation for a guy like Gage Workman next season. I'm not giving up on Gage Workman, and neither should you, because there's nothing you can do to make me untrue to my guy. And those are my guys. 
Now it's time for the road ahead. Lakeland is back home. They host the Clearwater Threshers. That's the Phillies' low-A affiliate. That's six games against Clearwater this week. Meanwhile, West Michigan goes to Fort Wayne for six games against the high-A team for the San Diego Padres. That's the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. That is a team like so many others in San Diego's minor league system that looks extremely different. After the Padres traded for Juan Soto from the Washington Nationals, they gave up so many of their highly ranked prospects that many of the players we saw at the beginning of the year, including Robert Hassel the third, one of the top prospects in all of baseball, who was a key part of that Juan Soto trade, no longer in that system. There's only 12 games remaining for West Michigan going into next week, and they're three games back of a playoff spot. So they need to do a bang-up job against Fort Wayne on the road. As for Erie, they're back home. They face the Bowie Bay Sox for six games, and Toledo travels to Rochester to face the Red Wings. That is a triple-A team for the aforementioned Washington Nationals. They've become a top-five system in light of the Juan Soto trade. That's a look at the road ahead, and that's a look at this week's edition of the Road to Detroit podcast, presented by Carhartt. Appreciate all of you listening this week. We're back for another episode coming up next week. And again, do not forget to make sure you enter the Jackson Job autographed baseball giveaway. Go to the Road to Detroit Twitter account. Rate our show five stars. Go down, take a screenshot, reply to the tweet, and make sure you're entered for a chance to win what could be a very valuable piece of memorabilia. This has been another edition of the Road to Detroit podcast presented by Carhartt. For our producer, Nate Wangler, I'm Dan Hasty. And until next week. See ya! No one's been part of more first days of work than Carhartt. And in the same way rookies have to keep earning respect, Carhartt never stops earning the respect of hardworking people like you. From building rugged gear that's tougher than any first day or worst day of work, to re-engineering the classics to outwork the future, trust your Carhartts to keep doing their job long after you've been doing yours. Since 1889, Carhartt's got your back 24-7. Visit Carhartt.com or visit a retail store near you.